Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the week seven edition of the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Cody Spears in Texas, Jason Bolin in South Dakota. Wes Johnson out in San Francisco. We're going to recap surprising, notable items that came out of week six and transition into week seven for stuff that we're looking for that has large implications or that should jump off the page. Foremost, though, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Football is back. And BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. <clears throat> You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And your continued source for all the sports waging information you could ever imagine. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fast and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus. They match your deposit with free money. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, believe, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone Week 7. <clears throat> Some teams are encountering a bye week. I believe it's the Bills, Eagles, Rams, and Vikings. Uh, so four, four of the best teams, three or four, three out of <clears throat> the best teams in the NFL won't be playing this week, but we're going to take a look back in the rear view for a moment at week six and then get into week seven. Uh, Cody, you're back from a one-week ailment. How are you, sir? Glad to be back. Been looking forward to this all day long today. Awesome. Give us your first uh, you know, eyebrow-raising takeaway from week six. Uh, for sure, for me, game of the week was Buffalo at Kansas City. This match definitely pulled through for me. I loved seeing Buffalo get the dub here to keep this rivalry alive. Josh Allen became the first quarterback to outdo Patrick Mahomes twice in Kansas City, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, I was surprised to see Mahomes give the ball away in the final moments. Vaughn Miller made plays left and right for the Bills. This guy's a straight-up mercenary. Looks like he might be on his way to another ring two years in a row. And uh, this result matters more than any other game last week. Uh, we could now see the road to the Super Bowl go through Buffalo instead of Kansas City. Didn't they uh, have home field last year? Uh, Kansas City did. They did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. Buffalo went to Kansas City and lost. Oh, my oh, yeah. bad. Yep. I thought that that game was, for some reason, I thought that game was in Buffalo. It was funny about that game. <clears throat> uh, Wes and I were watching it in Miami. And I was telling Wes's dad when when Chiefs got the ball back, I gave this big speech about how this is where I want to be as a Vikings fan. When you're about to get the ball back with 45 seconds, whatever it was, and you know that your team is going to score. And then right after my speech, he throws a pick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Kirk Cousins is on his way there. I mean, he's had plenty of practice the past year and a half. (laughs) He has. He has. (laughs) Uh, Jason, how are you recovering, sir? Oh, man, I, I haven't. No, nope. I haven't. It's brutal, man. Brutal, brutal, brutal. I'm I'm to the point right now. Well, I'll, I'll explain to you when I let you know what games I'm most looking forward to this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cody, that game was awesome. Um, and uh, oh god, I was gonna say something about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if Vaughn does get a ring with the uh, with the Bills, will he be? Because I know I know Charles Haley had one with couple different teams 
mainly the the Cowboys and the Niners, if I'm not mistaken. But would he be the first defensive player to have a ring with three separate teams? Ooh, I'd have to dig. I'm going to, I don't know, my basketball mind kicks in and I say, no, probably not, but that's basketball. I'll have to look. And I'm talking about like a real solid contributor yeah. for all those teams. I mean, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. like you mentioned mercenaries, and I'm sure there's guys that have been kind of fluttered around the league that have accumulated rings that they didn't really have much to do with. But um, yeah, that's a that that just popped into my mind. I was uh, I was shocked about the Patriots Patriots Browns game. That was that was incredible, mm-hmm. um, unbelievable, unbelievable. I did have the right week on that. Right, that was this yep. last week. Yep. Okay, yeah. good, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest surprising takeaways that I got from that though is how how uh, competitive Cleveland seemed to look against the chargers who a lot of people from the national standpoint view as a top 10 power ranked unit. Um, and then to come out against the Patriots against a, a backup and it's just, wow, that, that impressed, that surprised me in a multitude of different ways. I don't even really know where to begin, but Cody, one more thing on uh, Mahomes. It's kind of weird. I know he'll, He'll get going here, but in the fourth quarter of games this year, he has one touchdown pass, three picks, and a 54.9 passer rating. And Ooh, I had I, yeah, I had to pull those numbers because I accidentally found that for uh, EPA, CPOE, he ranks 27th in the NFL in the fourth quarter. And so I, I started to think, oh, maybe they're just blowing teams out. He doesn't have to play in the fourth quarter. No, not necessarily. So he hasn't been quite the the Iron Man that he usually is in the fourth quarter, and I don't know what it is. I, I'm sure it's an outlier. But his, his Yeah, I wonder if they're changing something up on defense or maybe like saving a couple looks for the very end of the game to throw at him because you know he knows he's good enough to where you're going to have to like truly catch him off guard, really be playing chess with <laughs> Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid to where you're probably making – calls on defense that could get you blasted if they don't work yeah yeah that's why it's strange and then also in that same vein in the fourth quarter in 2022 matthew stafford has zero touchdowns four picks and oh a, yeah he's overrated and a horrendous 65.2 passer rating wes what do you got first thing week six sir uh first thing week six i, I did want to touch on uh the game jason mentioned uh patriots man they they look good um, you know, can't count out Belichick. He can scheme against anybody's best offensive weapon and take them away. Uh, but Bailey Zappi, he exploded onto the scene as a seventh round rookie, uh, 300 yards, two touchdowns, um, currently has the best deep ball rate, uh, in the NFL. And yeah, uh, the, the young kids are, are doing it for the Patriots. Uh, Zappi, Ramondre Stevenson, and uh, Taekwon Thornton, uh, they're rookie, rookie wide receiver. So um, didn't really see it coming from New England, but they are getting production early from uh, the young guys. So something to look out for. Where does that <laughs> situate them um, amidst the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins, and suddenly the best division of football? Yeah, it, now this division got a lot more competitive. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what takes place. Um, the Bills being the cream of the crop in the division, but as we know, um, records sometimes doesn't mean a thing in divisional contests. 
Um, these teams know each other. They know each other well. They hate each other. And, you know, sometimes a, a team that has no business winning uh, because they're divisional foes, uh, they end up, you know, winning uh, some of these games. Yeah, the AFC East is the most fun. It's been in a in a long time. I love the AFC East this year. And Bailey Zappi, I I drafted him randomly at the very end of one league, and I and it's a dynasty league, so it's like a rookie pick. And I was like, I picked, I dropped him for someone else because I was like, you know, fourth round, fifth round rookie quarterbacks. Why even draft them? They're never going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Literally, not even a quarter <laughs> of the way into the season, this guy's starting games and looking better than Mac Jones. <laughs> Yeah, he just came out of nowhere. I think it just people knew him because his last name was Zappy. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, my first takeaway is not so much that the Niners laid one of their customary midseason turds that they just do all the time. <clears throat> it's the Falcons. And I don't think they're going really anywhere. But most folks, including myself, had them pegged as about a 3-14 and 14 or 4-13 and 13 team. And they are 3-3. Three and three, The same group record is the Packers. And just when you think you're safe, maybe benching Mariota, he comes out and has a wonderful game. So I'm not banging the drum for anything for them substantial, but I wanted to call out to all of the group and all of the listeners that a team you thought was probably a three or four win team has won three games in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Cody, what's your next one? <clears throat> I, I do want to say Marcus Mariota, what he completed like 10 passes, 12 passes last week. That Atlanta Falcon team, it's crazy how they're running the ball. Mm-hmm. With Who's their starting running backs? I mean, you'd have to dig for that. Tyler Algier and yep. Caleb Huntley. Yep. And yeah. they're they're pounding these wins away. It's it's insane. And also supremely frustrating for Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for my next game that was interesting for me last week is the New York Jets and the Green Bay game. Uh, this one is admittedly a homer pick for me. I loved checking the highlights and seeing the Jets happy in Lambeau. Sign me up for some cheese sauce. The rookie corner is looking like the next PS2, uh, the corner in Denver. Uh, I mean, look out for these Jets who just shut down the recent two-time MVP in his own backyard. These guys are gelling. It's amazing what a year and a half with a coach like Robert Sala is doing. Um, between the Bills, the Fireworks of Miami, Zappy Hour, New England, and the Jets against the world, this division is surprisingly one of the most exciting in football. Uh, as for the Pack, they're off to the worst start since 2012 and need to rebuild. And I think that they're going to regret re-signing Aaron Rodgers to that lucrative deal. I mean, they had the succession plan in place. And at this point, I'm calling it a legacy contract. And he's holding this team hostage. And they in a situation where they should be rebuilding right now and they can't. And uh, I thought it was interesting after they lost to the giants, you had players like their corner Jair, Jair Alexander talking about being nervous about losing to the jets, the jets. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it doesn't look good up there in green Bay. Their coach looks like he wants to cry all the time. Um, Aaron Rodgers is holding this team hostage and I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs this year. There's, there's no way to relax. You're raising your hand, Wes. No, no. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought you wanted audio I, issue. I thought you were ready to pile on. I was all excited. No, no. <laughs> uh, so can, can any of you explain to me, I've been trying to research the answer to this. If Rogers retires this year, obviously I don't know that he gets paid the whole shebang because you can't just 
because then everybody would retire. <laughs> but <laughs> but he but he does have correct that there will be no matter what happens if he retires in January fifteenth. Isn't it correct there'll be a big ass ca- dead cap hit no matter what happens? Yeah, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's a consequence. And uh, yeah, they're they're screwed. But I do the, have a question for but, Jason. But, but no, how does you. how does but how does that work in your estimation? Because he's I know that his money was guaranteed last year, or at least a big chunk of it. But you don't just get that if you retire, do you? Mm, I don't believe so. Because I know I remember Tom Pelissero's tweets that if he were to walk away, I think Pelissero said like two months ago, if he walks away at the end of 2023, it'd be a huge pain in the ass, let alone at the end of this year, because there's a lot of dead cap money up against the cap. So, yeah, so there must be some sort of uh, voodoo that says, you know, you're on the hook for a lot of this, even though he won't get paid if he's retired. But I'd be interested to see because that means they're going to have to navigate like sixty million in dead cap just because <laughs> their quarterback said the hell with you. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, and not we're to mention here. they got contracts like Aaron Jones, the second contract running back. You got two, you're paying two running backs. Right yeah, and now. The, who they don't like to run the ball with. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all and, right, sorry, uh, I question, cut you off. Go ahead. Are you good? Um, so. As we all know, about this time last year, we were all contemplating maybe Aaron Rodgers and Denver. Right now, Jason, would you take Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson and Denver? It wouldn't matter, Cody. <laughs> Cody, it wouldn't matter. You could put uh, you could put Patrick Mahomes on Denver. Wouldn't matter. Josh Allen, he could be in Denver. You know, I see these people on Twitter. Oh, see, we should have taken Josh Allen back in twenty seventeen or eighteen, whenever. It wouldn't matter. None Same of that dudes that wanted Justin Fields over Patrick Sertain the second yep. as well. None of it would have mattered. Oh, and then we also had an opportunity to take Justin Herbert. Wouldn't have mattered. None of it would have mattered. It wouldn't matter if Bill Belichick himself rode into Denver <laughs> right now. None of it matters. We need to get to the bottom of how long this curse is for. <laughs> and once we can establish that, we can then start talking about solutions. Until then, it's all moot. It's all moot. <laughs> Well, there you have it, Jason. What's your next uh, takeaway from, from week six, dare I ask? Yeah, so uh, the Colts getting the Jags, that doesn't, none of it surprised me, really. But what's interesting here is I saw the Colts play against these uh, cursed Broncos a couple of weeks ago, and the, the offense was completely inept. Now, I know that you know, everybody's raving about the Broncos defense this year, rightfully so, but man, I 34 points against the Jags. We play the Jags and in London next week, and I'm hoping maybe we can get 20. (laughs) Um, But that, that, and, and quietly now, then the Colts three, two, and one second place in that division, which just three weeks ago, we were talking about how ugly that team was. And the way that they played against Denver, it continued to be ugly, squeaked out a win. But, you know, hey, they got some points on the board. Um, they're right back in it. They are. And then on one of my things, I, I talk about here in about 20 minutes how they play the Titans this week. Um, but when Cody and I, I think after week three, we had this huge circle jerk on the show about the Jaguars. <laughs> and it was we, we all mm. came too fast because uh, the Colts and Titans are right back up there at the top. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like in dominating form or anything, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I usually I don't get hoodwinked into pounding the table for a team that quick, but the numbers were there for Jacksonville and they've they've regressed. But this is in the grand scheme of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is about how you think they play. Hopefully for their sake, end up about seven, ten, eight, and nine. 
with eyes on 2023 to make the jump to a wild card. Well, and then let's not forget after that show, we're talking about them and I'm on here. We're on here talking about even if they lost Mm -hmm. and it was a close one to the Eagles, they may stay or even move up in the power rankings. Mm -hmm. They were up 14, nothing in that game against the Eagles. And then that decision to go for it on fourth down was the turning point of this entire season for them. It, it seems like that to me anyway, because boy, they were rolling right along 14, nothing great, great lead. And then they tried to be aggressive and man, it seems like that was a, that was a bad move, but man, I'm still on Jacksonville this year. I still think they're going to put it together. It's just a young team, new coach. They're, they're, they're just gelling a little, but, uh, I think the AFC South is set up for someone to swoop in and bully everybody else around. Not named Derrick Henry, of course. <laughs> Fun fact, Matt Ryan is on pace for 5,000 yards passing. That's just that's just crazy. <laughs> Marcus Mariota for under 3,000. Yeah, 5,001 yards passing is his current pace. Oh, wow. It, and I watched him do nothing against Denver, and that's crazy. You take that game out of it completely. He basically did that in, in one less game. Yeah, he had a, an absurd amount of completed passes last week. It was insane. I want to say it really? was like see, above see, 40. See, that gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> I look for things like that now. See, if he did it, maybe we can. We won't. We won't. But the, but the thing is, Jason, you're so, at, at this rightfully so, so cynical right now based on what you've seen, but the Broncos defense is phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. And, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's almost, it's almost as good as as that 2015 squad. And as a matter of fact, I was looking at that 2015 season earlier tonight and uh, it's actually better to start this season. I mean, it is amazing. And then the looks and the defenses that this guy uh, uh, that Evero is dialing up is just, it's, it's exciting to see it. They break pressure. They, uh, Oh my God, it's, it's beautiful, but yeah, it's, it's getting squandered. (laughs) <laughs> Patrick Sertain so. is for sure I think he's the best corner in the league right now this guy, his trajectory I'm more hyped about him than I mean, you, most you other know, players Randy Gregory gets hurt, you just throw in Baron Browning and he's looking like the next coming of Vaughn Miller it's yeah, like, Baron man. Browning's electric no wonder, because at first I was like, why are they moving this dude from inside linebacker, because I, I loved him as a prospect, as inside linebacker and then they yeah. were moving him and I was like here just goes like another Isaiah Simmons going to get lost in the shuffle and then sure enough, I'm starting him in a league that he's projected to get like two or three points every week. And he's getting me 30 and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible. <laughs> well, we'll blame Jacksonville's troubles on our jinx, our our very intense circle jerk. It was yeah, I was all in. We were we were jerking way yeah. too quick. Oh, yeah. I hopped onto the 49ers. Trey Lance breaks his leg. I was like, you know what? I'll pivot to the Jaguars. Three mm. game losing stretch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wes, what's your next one? Uh, next one for me is the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they lost a game against Pittsburgh that they had no business losing. Um, give credit to Pittsburgh. They showed a little I tried little to fight. tease that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, after losing four straight, they were able to get off the schneid and uh, get a victory. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people saw Brady losing his shit on the sidelines, and I I really don't know what to think with this team. Luckily, um, the NFC South is kind of 
in their driver's seat. We'll see what happens with Atlanta. Uh, if you know, they are for real, but um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to think about Tampa. Uh, a lot of people had picked them to come out of a uh, weak NFC and I, I'm just not seeing it right now. See, I, I called a uh, Pittsburgh upset, didn't I? No, just kidding. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I, I can I, feel it coming. I though. It. I, I, whenever so, <clears throat> because I've always followed Tomlin so close since he left the Vikings, uh, I tend to know their their tendencies and their stats a little bit more than your average bear, and <clears throat> they never go through prolonged struggles. And so I looked at that and I think I asked Wes, was there any chance that the Steelers could sneak up and win this? Because it felt like something that a Tomlin team would do, especially because the Bucks are just kind of figuring out their own footing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one is the same topic that we had about 10 minutes ago. It's a shout out to the Patriots. I don't know when we will learn our lessons, um, whether it's related to Brady and this very conversation right now or Belichick. Uh, it felt really stinky for them when Mac Jones was hurt and then they lost to the Packers because they didn't want to even trust Zappy to throw the ball. And I think that I said that they're probably heading towards seven and 10 or something like that, but it was just me being a fool. Uh, of course, Belichick would find a way to get back into the mix and be 500. It was kind of like during the pandemic season when I had to pick between uh, Brady or Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and my dumbass picked Mahomes. And you know, within ten minutes of that game being over, I'm like, how did I bet against Brady? I didn't bet, but you know, how did I predict against Brady? And that's kind of how I'm feeling about the Patriots being right back in the mix. And it's never wise, no matter who's their quarterback, who's their running back. They usually don't have shit for playmakers on offense. They're always going to be good, or in, without Brady, at least average. And boom, here they are, three and three. Cody. Yeah. Yeah, they play the they play the Bears coming up, the Jets, the Colts, the Jets again before uh, coming to the Vikings. So, I mean, this is a team before, you know, it could rattle off seven and three or six and four. Yeah. And then, yeah, and they will be just so they can uh, make life on the Vikings trickier. Yeah, they'll be they'll be hitting their stride. Yeah. What's your final takeaway from week six? And then we'll get on to week seven after we get the final thoughts from Jason and Wes. Uh, my final takeaway was the Baltimore New York Giants game. Uh, Baltimore lost 20 to 24 in that one. Uh, Baltimore trendy Super Bowl pick has now blown three double digit fourth quarter leads this year. Lamar got an act uh, this last week, taking the shine off of his previously 12 and 0 record against NFC opponents. Last half empty. This Baltimore squad cannot finish games and have lost games to bad teams. Last half full. This is a gritty squad with an MVP candidate that could be 6-0. and So I'm still trying to figure out if these Baltimore Ravens are for sure or not. Uh, they have been kind of banged up on offense. Seems like they are every year. Um, I, I like the Ravens a lot. I'm hoping to see them in the playoffs. I like watching Lamar Jackson play. Um, on the other side of the ball, you got the Giants, who might be the worst 5-1 and team ever, but are still outscoring their opponents 78-32 to in the second half. So maybe we should have seen that Ravens collapse or maybe the Giants are good. I don't know. It's 2022. We're in the twilight zone. Who the hell knows? Um, but kudos to Brian Dabble, uh, possibly the best new head coach and what looks like a generally excellent rookie head close or head coach class with uh, Dabble, uh, Kevin O'Connell and Miami Mike. Yeah, I think uh, Jason can plug his ears for a minute, but I think this will inspire teams that are kind of trapped and maybe mediocrity or six-win territory to just pull the trigger and get a new guy. Because if Kevin O'Connell could do it for Kirk Cousins, for God's sake, Brian Dable can make Daniel Jones into a 5-1 and team. 
And then uh, McDaniel working with what the clay that he has right now with all the injuries, it's like, it's inspirational that, you know, if all you, if all it really takes is a new a look, new head coach, then so be it. Uh, on the Ravens, I want to point out it's one of those kind of Steelers-ish misnomers that, oh, they're the Ravens. They must be good on defense. Nope, not right now. They rank 27th per EPA for play in defense. So that's the bane of their existence right now. On paper, their draft class, too. It looked like a defense that should do its thing, but they lost Michael Pierce, etc. Um, Their defense right now is holding them back. Yeah, I don't know how either. I mean, they got great players yeah. all over the place and Marlon <laughs> Humphrey, everything. The only thing I could think that's really changed is um, Wink, uh, the defense coordinator they had forever. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name. I just remember Mark, it's like Don Wink. Yeah, there Mark we Dell. go. He's now with the Giants, which that's for sure they're helped. good. Yeah. Wes and, and I were talking I mean, about that this weekend. And this brings me on to a subject I'm going to talk about a little bit later with Denver, but um, kudos to Brian Dabble, first time head coach surrounding himself with a strong supporting cast. So, I mean, this is a guy, he, he's not going to take the heat of everything. He's not responsible for everything. And I think that that's really showing in these moments that count. You have guys who are are leading the charge that you can rely on who have experience doing that before. Yeah, big, Wink, big Wink Martindale is basically Mike Zimmer from 10 years ago. Um, where his defense is guaranteed to be good. And then uh, Wes and I were talking about it during, I think, the halftime of the Vikings game that, yeah, they have Wink Martindale, they have healthy Saquon, and they don't really need anything more than Daniel Jones to be a winning football team because they have that going for them. It's kind of like the Bridgewater, Zimmer, Adrian Peterson Vikings from 2015. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jason, your final tidbit from week six. I'll throw the the, uh, Seahawks-Cardinals game in on that. Um, I never would have thought that the Seahawks would be better positioned than the Cardinals at this point in time in the season. Um, you know, Cardinals really struggling at two and four. I, I do want to touch and I, maybe you said this, Cody, in that last segment that you just mentioned about the Giants and Dayball and the the tremendous job he's doing. Do you know that he's not even calling plays there? Yeah, I actually was lacking on the offensive coordinator, so I'm actually surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, I am I shocked. <laughs> about that and and then you know they were yeah i didn't i had no clue about that 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 was the case there obviously they implemented his offensive scheme but he doesn't mm-hmm. even call the offense that's crazy but yeah the 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 seahawks um reasonably good start getting good quarterback play and it seems like they're doing doing exactly what they need to do and then the and then the cardinals um you know and i know we touched on it last year and even preseason, but when when will this implode? Soon. <laughs> yeah, you, sure. you you need to think that Cliff Kingsbury has to be his seat has to be hot. If, um, we, if we have a Thursday night game like Thursday night games have been the last two or three weeks and the Cardinals lose, I bet you it's Friday morning. Yeah, you think because <laughs> it's at home, isn't it, Wes, in Arizona? Or is it New uh, Orleans? Uh, I think it's New Orleans. Oh, is it? Um, okay. I thought it was at home. Yeah, I actually had the schedule. I wonder if they'll team. also boot the GM because, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury has no business in the NFL, but that GM has also made some pretty questionable moves like letting Chandler Jones leave, mm-hmm. drafting inside linebackers and not playing them. I mean, at that point, just close your eyes and pick offensive linemen. Y'all, <laughs> Cardinals have needed an offensive lineman my entire life. My entire life. 
Uh, you're right. It, it is Arizona. Yeah, that's what, so. If they lose, if they have a TNF performance at home against the Undermanned Saints, I think it'll be Friday morning for Clifford Kingsbury. The other thing about Dable calling plays, which is remarkable and it's working, is I can tell you verifiably if the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell and had some other dickhead call plays, we would be like, "What are the hell are we doing?" We would be so frustrated. Right. I didn't even, but I didn't even know that fact until today. <laughs> that's that's the craziest part. I just figured, well, of course they're going to do. Brian Dable was coveted. Why didn't mm-hmm. Denver look into bringing him in? And I thought, well, God, he comes in here. He calls the offensive plays. You're right up and rolling. I, I yeah. didn't even know that until today that he wasn't even calling them. It's, it's, prob- it's probably because he called them in Buffalo and therefore wanted to take that model to his new spot so that he could be the skipper and then find the man he trusts just as much as himself and then delegates it. That, that's perfect. That That's what makes him even better. Yeah. See, I just figured out today, and we might have talked about this before, but Clint Kubiak is the offensive coordinator for Denver, right? No, he's the quarterback's, quarterback's coach. coach. Oh, okay, okay. I saw him on the sideline uh, watching this last game, and it clicked for me. I was like, that's why they're having <laughs> games like this. <laughs> but uh, is it Hackett that calls the plays over there as well? Yeah. Okay. And he did it, it in Green Bay, right? He did, he did not. LaFleur did. Okay. LaFleur, well, Hackett got the uh, apparently from the from the sounds of what I've been able to 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 find out is that he was able to call the plays once it got down into the what they call the gold zone. Yeah, it's the same thing with O'Connell. He didn't call plays, but every now and then I think McVeigh did let him or the, in that same territory. That's like you're up. Yeah, you remember that highlight, both of you Vikings fans, where McVeigh's like, "Great job, Kevin. That was the play yeah. we need." Yeah, so I think they let him do it here in spots. But yeah, I he had a whole drive in the Super Bowl, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get yep. another one here in a couple months, of maybe. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Wes, give us your final thing before we get to week seven. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep pouring on uh, Dustin's uh, Arizona Cardinals here. Um, yeah. They they really looked inept um, against the Seattle defense that has given up 25-plus points to, I believe it was three or four straight contestants. Um it it's unacceptable, unacceptable for an offensive coach, uh, for a quarterback in Kyler Murray to, you know, run out and not put points up on the board. Um, as a Vikings fan, I'm, I'm licking my chops for us coming off the bye and facing them. Um, a new Call of Duty game releases that uh, that same week and <laughs> double XP weekend, double XP weekend, which is uh, Kyler Murray's undoing. So <laughs> I am licking my chops that you know we we come out and just hammer the Cardinals again. Um, so I'm hoping for them to win tomorrow night. The reason being is because I don't want that new coach swagger to to yeah. hit for oh, like the falcons 2020 yes that was raheem raheem uh who's the dude for the raheem morris raheem morris, morris. Yeah, i almost said most that was my first pick for head coach this year yeah he yeah. was the one that took it to the vikings in 2020 when the uh, falcons were like oh and five right yeah yeah yep okay all right, so that's that's the we, so we're cheering for the Cardinals tomorrow. Tomorrow for the Cardinals. We, we don't want to have any Vikingsism the following week. Where tweet a new, that out later, <laughs> Dustin. 
<laughs> oh yeah, and the people will follow it too. They'll be like, "Oh, that." They'll be like, "That's a fucking great point." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, sold on it. I'm rooting for the Cardinals for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I have to because of all my uh, dumbassery <laughs> that Super Bowl predictions. Uh, I have two quick ones to finish out this uh, round. Let's see the first one. Oh, was that I think the Cowboys got lucky by losing to the Eagles because uh, Cooper Rush is no longer Jesus himself. He didn't look very good against the Eagles, but who does? But still, if that guy would have been five and oh or six and oh or whatever, yeah, Prescott, Dak, that was awesome for Dak. Yeah, yeah. They needed that because <laughs> yeah. you don't have uh, what was it? 2000 Brady, 2000, whatever, 2001 Brady. That's not quite Cooper Rush. And I think the world was starting to talk itself into that now because he looked not really good against the Eagles and he had three picks. You can slide back into Prescott and all of your 230 blah, blah, blah million. And there doesn't have to be a big ass controversy because we would have one right now if that guy was undefeated. And especially second- if you beat the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have the same thing. We thought it was going to happen in Dallas, but it turns out it's New England. That yeah. The Brady things but, happening. But, but in. you trust whatever he decides. <laughs> you would yeah. trust what Mike McCarthy and yeah, Bill uh, Belichick. <laughs> if he says Zappy's better than Mac Jones, I'm I'm dying by those words. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> you have to. Uh, my final one is just a random factoid. Um, the Browns defense led by a guy Jason will know Joe Woods is the second to worst in the league according to DVOA and uh, EPA per play so uh, you know not that the Browns really mattered much to anybody but this defense is supposed to be good and it is not not one iota so if you want to finger point at what's going on with these Browns it's not necessarily Jacoby Brissett even though he's taken a little bit of a downturn the last two weeks it's their defense is terrible right now yeah, you right. give Jacoby Brissett that Denver defense. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't. I, that's that's it's it's so strange about about Denver how good that defense is playing. Even by the numbers, Jason probably doesn't dig into him because he's so apathetic at the moment. But their defense, their numbers, like number two in EPA for play. I mean, everything about the defense screams top three, if not top two, arguably behind the 49ers. And it's even more depressing for you know the Broncos' sake that they. Can't. You want to know? You want to let me let me tell you another depressing part about my uh, my our life here. Uh, and I talk about me and my family's life when we watch these games. You're absolutely 100 percent right. And nationally and everywhere, they're getting that that praise, and rightfully so. It's an awesome defense to watch. Except, if anybody remembers that game the other night, Denver was up ten nothing. Going into the fucking second quarter. That hasn't been the case in so many years. What happened right after that? They allowed a freaking eight minute drive, Mm -hmm. a quarter sucking drive, six yards, first down, two yards, second down, converting the third down. There's like 15 plays in that drive. (laughs) They got a touchdown. Chargers are right back into the offense then, which finally, for the first time ever, had momentum sat on the sidelines and watched that entire thing eight and a half minutes probably took them out of momentum whatever of course they go with go three and out why wouldn't they <laughs> and then they do it again another seven minute drive to, and they tie it up and granted they were able to regain the lead on a field goal at the end of the half but i mean th- that's crazy i mean with i mean you you rely on that defense, but then you see them allow that. Mm-hmm. Nothing pains me more as a fan. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I know they're missing a few guys. Hopefully it's just like 
uh, Josie Jewell's not out there. Um, Justin Simmons just came back. So hopefully stuff like that won't happen too often. But it does seem to me like at this point, it's more. They, they don't complement each other well. Denver. Because, I mean, you don't they don't complement each other well. Everybody's like, well, if the Denver offense could just score 20 points per game. Well, they had a 10 nothing lead, right? I yeah. Mean, if, you know, if Denver could just come up with a running game, I think that they could actually start to get off the ground this season. But going with Latavius Murray and benching Melvin Gordon for whatever reason we did not touch on, I have no clue what happened there. That's not going to help you win games. And that's, no. that just has you wondering what the hell is going on in Denver. I mean, well, you can't it, just blame, blame it all on Russell Wilson. You we can't blame anybody. Defense, you, 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 blame, you blame the man that made the deal in 20, 2015. <laughs> that's who you blame. <laughs> It's no, it's nobody's fault. Like you gotta said, exercise John Elway, or what do we gotta do? Here? We gotta no. It, that, that the deal's already been done, right? We just, you need some sage. You need some you, sage, bro. brother. Sage it's John Elway's help. fault that Gary Anderson missed that kick and y'all won the Super Bowl that year. But I'm gonna tell you, no, 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 no. This deal was cut in 2015, sometime during that season. That if you remember right, there's a lot of games that that year we should not have won. Every game we went into, I'm like, yeah, well, there's no way we could stop Cam Newton. There's no, uh, there's no way that we could stop Brady. There, every game I went into it on eggshells. I felt the same way that year that I feel every game since then. It, there's so many games we shouldn't have won, but we did. It, it, that game, that season, it, it, there was a deal brokered with the devil, Cody. That year, <laughs> I don't, re, I don't know for how many years it's gonna, it's gonna put us in that same fragment. We've been seeing the same game, defense. Over and over and over and over, good. We just don't ever win them anymore. Wes, what's your uh, first takeaway, or excuse me, your first thing you're looking for in week seven? Oh, boy. Uh, What to look for here? Um, Let's see if these Falcons are for real. (laughs) They're going to have to go on the road, um, go into Cincinnati and play a a Bengals team that's – um, they, they seem like they're starting to figure it out. Um, their offense has been performing a little bit better. Uh, defense is still not at the um, Super Bowl run level that they were at last year. Um, and in terms of the Falcons, they we we know what their recipe is. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, and they are going to use their. Uh, two first round picks from the last two years as uh, window dressing because they're not going to throw them a goddamn ball if it if they're live dependent on it. Uh, that means no Kyle Pitts. That means no Drake London, and that means zeros on my fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> that's the the game um, I'm looking at uh, first this week. Cody, what's your week seven <clears throat> spotlight? I got the Giants at Jacksonville. Uh, fresh off a heartbreaking indie, Jacksonville starts a three-game home proving ground against the Giants, Denver, and the Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Giants have a 5-1 and one record with four of those wins coming by five points or less. A lot of people are seeing the Giants in this game. Uh, I'm seeing the Jacksonville Jaguars because the, these Giants wins, they're good. We just hyped them up, but they're also kind of fluky. Um, they've only played one road game with the other roadie at a neutral London site. And even that one road win came in the final parts of at Tennessee with a two-point conversion and a missed Titans field goal. Um, uh, this game really is going to come down to the pass rush for the Giants. It, you saw it affect Lamar Jackson in, in that game last week. Uh, 
They are the league's leader in blitzes. Look for the pass blocking in Jacksonville to take center stage as well because they own the fifth best pass blocking efficiency, which was pretty surprising for me. Uh, the law hasn't been blitzed too much this year, so look for the Giants to capitalize on making him uncomfortable and wink to maybe pull off another Giants win as well. But me personally, I'm hoping they get Travis Etienne the ball. The guy has been explosive. Every time he touches the ball, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. I think he's had over 100 total yards the past two or three weeks altogether. Just stop giving the ball to James Robinson, please, Doug Peterson. <laughs> I mean, you're going three yards a pop there, so... But uh, I might be the only one watching this game, but I, I you got two pretenders, contenders, pretenders. So uh, I'm using that one, too. And I don't know what you can call the Giants pretenders, not because I think they're secretly good. It's because they're so far ahead of the other shitty or mediocre teams that now they just have to be they're in the Vikings boat. They can just be five and six the rest of the year. They get in the playoffs. So keep that in mind. But here's my take on that game. Um, I'll probably watch it because I'll have red zone on is that the Jaguars are two and four. They're not the Packers just struggling. They're not the Rams are going to figure it out. They're the Jaguars who are two and four versus the Giants who are five and one, and the Jaguars are favored by three. It's amazing. Think about how much of a fraud you have to believe that Vegas finds the Giants to be five and one and three-point underdogs to a two and four team that nobody thought was going to be any good to be to begin with coming off an awesome win <laughs> yeah. to, to a AFC Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's certainly not me chiding Vegas. I know I, I firmly believe that Vegas is always right when it comes to these things, but the scope of which nobody believes in the giants is flummoxing. If this was the Packers right now, I'd be like, well, of course, yeah, they're, they're sitting on a big comeback. If this was the Rams, it's like, oh, they're just, they need to get hungry again, and they will, baby, and they're going to get right against the Giants. But this is the Jaguars, who are two and four, and they're favored <laughs> over the five and one Giants. So that's my little spiel. Uh, Jason, what's your, yeah. The Giants, they're, <laughs> we've seen this team go nine and seven before. This team could go like, nine and eight and somehow go to the Super Bowl. And yeah. it's it's just nuts. It's always the Giants that do stuff like this. And they're not and the odds makers aren't doing this for the Vikings, who some consider a little bit fraudulent too. I mean, if the Vikings were taken on the Jaguars, I think and they were in Jacksonville, I bet you the Vikings would be favored by one or two. Yeah, and, I agree there. Yeah. And so it's so weird that just because Vegas they look at Daniel Jones and he's a wanker, it, it like doesn't add up to me that they're so like this game at the very minimum should be a pick'em. <laughs> but it's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, your next one for week seven. Is this uh you gonna do another Broncos speech or you got something else? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with that just because okay. I'm gonna piggyback on what you just said. The Broncos yeah. are also favored against the Jets. That shouldn't be either. <laughs> that really shouldn't be. The Broncos shouldn't be favored against any team for the rest of the season. And the and I mean the Jets record wise, I mean, yeah, you but I mean it's gotta be difficult for Vegas this year. This year in particular, it's gotta be real hard for them to pick who's going to win this, who's not going to win this, uh, because it really, I can't make any sense out of what I've seen, no matter how hard I try, because like Pittsburgh, we talked about just a second ago, their two wins come against good teams, or at least I think good teams in Cincinnati and, um, God, who did, I mean, it slipped my mind there for a second. Who did they, who did they get the Bucks? right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
but who knows? Um, my my first one that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, and just to give you a fair warning, I might as well just throw them all out there right now and get me out of the way. <laughs> I It's already that time of the year where I am focused on teams losing for my own benefit. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs Niners, and I think that that will be a good game. And I think the Niners have an, a good opportunity to, to beat the Chiefs and put them on a two-game slide. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Chargers and Seahawks, and I feel the same way there. It'll be interesting. AFC West versus NFC West. Um, and I think either one of those games could go either way. Now, I'm not looking forward to seeing the, the Raiders, Texans, but if the Raiders can somehow win this, and oh my God, it I don't know. I don't know, but I think both those NFC, AFC West matchups that I just alluded to, I think mm-hmm. th- those are both going to be good games to watch, uh, but I am pulling for the NFC West this week. <laughs> the Chargers-Seahawks Super Bowl would be kind of icky. <laughs> well, it would, and, and, and who's, so, who's favored in that game is what I'd like to know. Surely the Chargers. You know, Chargers should be because they're a top Chargers 10, by top, six. They're a top yeah. 10 power ranked team. I don't think that they're deserving of that. But then again, who am I going to put in there instead? Right? Yeah. Well, the, the Chargers, Seahawks, nobody rebuilds like the Seahawks. It's insane <laughs> what they're doing over there right now. It's, <laughs> and it's awfully eerily similar to 2012, especially with their corner. Tariq mm-hmm. Woolen, four yeah. receptions this season so far. <laughs> You know who else did that in his rookie year? Richard Sherman. Both wide receivers converted to corners, both six foot three plus. One was picked at 153 overall. The other one was picked at 154 overall. I mean, it is just weird. That's like the the Washington Stadium with legs breaking coincidences. You know, same yard line, same score on the scoreboard, all that weird. Oh, yeah. I remember when that happened. I was like, oh, there's some weird stuff going on in TC. Yeah, that one one was cosmic. I don't know. I can't describe it. Even all the way down to the two-time former uh, defensive MVP with uh, uh, Lawrence and J.J. Watt. I mean, the coincidences. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Wes, what's your next one? Um, just to touch back on what Jason said, uh, regarding Vegas, I read something that if you were to bet a hundred dollars on every under this year, you would have $1,500 cash in your pocket. Really? Yes. Um, (laughs) and then also to talk more about, uh, chiefs Niners, I, I too like, uh, the 49ers to, uh, upset the Chiefs and send them reeling on a two-game skid and have um, the media start asking questions. Of, Does this Chiefs team have enough to, to do it just for them to uh, revamp and recharge themselves into November and December and be the Chiefs team that we all uh, know? Um, they are currently... Uh, the fifth worst team against uh, fantasy running backs. Uh, we all know that uh, San Francisco likes to run the ball. Uh, so this this game set up for uh, San Francisco to run the ball, control uh, the clock, keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. I think uh, Nick Bosa returns for this game as well, and that'll just help solidify that defense and – uh, yeah, I, I like the Niners against the Chiefs this week. 
Uh, my second to last one is that the AFC South matchup is the Colts and the Titans, and it certainly won't decide anything for uh, sure, but it will give a team that whoever wins the game will probably win the division and have a home playoff game, you know, down the line because they'll have an early tiebreaker <clears throat> and it's it's the world getting back on its axis. The Titans don't orchestrate a lot of explosive plays, but I guess who cares if you're finding a way to win a little bit um, and it kind of just brings everything back to us thinking the Colts were going to be pretty decent, maybe 10 and seven, 11 and five, win the division. And then the Titans with Vrabel and, you know, Tannehill, even Steven, they're pretty good too. So whoever, whoever wins this game will sit atop the division and probably just kind of coast to a 10 and seven division win because the Texans aren't going to do anything. And Jacksonville has had a little bit of a fall from grace. All right, uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> Cody, what's your final thing of the week? Uh, uh, I'll jump on that one as well. I got Indianapolis at Tennessee. Um, I've admittedly not watched any Titans games this year. That said, who do they have catching the ball over there? I mean, I know it's Bobby Woods, but I haven't seen much out of Tennessee in my fantasy football rose tinted glasses. Uh, it <laughs> seems like it's a grudge match coming up between these two AFC South favorites, uh, type of like a 9-15 to 15 slugger. Uh, or will it? I did mention Matt Ryan is on pace for 5K yards. Um, at this, on the flip side of that coin, Derrick Henry has more carries with 104 than Ryan Tannehill has completions with 97. So I look for uh, Derrick Henry to take over this game. Also, we have a return of Jonathan Taylor, uh, the rating best running back in the league last year. Uh, he's going to give the Colts a hope of adding another win to their recent 3-1 and record in Nashville. Um, but I do have Tennessee taking this one, provided Henry can get to the red zone, which they've struggled with. But they Tennessee is the best team in the NFL in the red zone this year. They just can't get there very often. Yeah, I think the Titans are certifiably missing A.J. Brown, which everybody expected they would. And I just pulled it up. Robert Woods, 17 catches for 204 yards and a touchdown. That leads the way. And then a bunch, Nick Westbrook, Ekine, something called Kyle Phillips. Yeah. Yep. And there's just I liked Kyle Phillips too. He looked good, and then his first touch, <laughs> he muffed the ball and lost it for his team. And he literally has not seen the field since. Mm-hmm. Mike Rabel is that dude that yeah. will do that to you. James Cook. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason, your final thing of the week. I am going to will this curse out of existence <laughs> and bring this into existence. This is the game that the Broncos get rolling again. They're going to put up four touchdowns offensively. R- Russell Wilson will throw three if he plays. Even <laughs> if he doesn't play, because they're, they're kind of they're talking about you know, he might not be able to go. If he doesn't play, Brett Rippon will do the exact <laughs> same thing. And then and then we are going to go on a heater. We are going to win the next four games. Four games. And we are going to maybe lose two out of the remaining Nathaniel Hackett coach of the year. (laughs) I always get ripping. I always get ripping confused with uh, Chad Kelly. Is he the guy that broke into the person's house and just started hanging out? He just get no. He yeah. He did that. He just sat there. Yeah, he just yeah. Sat on the couch, and then <laughs> yeah, that was all. That was awesome because they By were the uh, because they're bloodline quarterbacks, Jim Kelly and uh, Mark Rippon. I always get them confused because they yeah, both yeah. like QB threes for the Broncos. And, uh, and the stat that everybody that's listening definitely wants to hear is Brett Rippon in a Broncos uniform 
is one and zero against the Jets. <laughs> hey, hide your moms. The Jets are four and two. Yeah, but I did. I did want to say I also have a Bronco stat for us this week. <laughs> Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house with twelve than he does TD passes this season. Oh man. And why? I mean, he just takes dumps on the field. Why do you need that many? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. <clears throat> my final one, I'm getting out there in case uh, Wes steals it. Then he can piggyback. I don't know if he's going this is that uh, the Packers go to Washington and they're not going to play the Wentz commanders because he had surgery on his finger. They're going to get Taylor Heineke. And normally I'd say, uh, who gives a shit? The Packers will win, but they have lost back to back games. And I don't know a lot about Packers struggles, but all of a sudden it seems like, my goodness, they could lose this game against a hungry commanders team who needs to win to stay relevant. And I only care about this because Ron Rivera usually fosters at least decent teams, like doesn't usually get south of the border of eight and nine or eight and eight very frequently. So going into Washington, Washington with a, a team that's in self-defense mode, uh, I don't know. It kind of feels a little spooky that, Rodgers, if indeed the Packers is flat out very good, then man, they could they could have lost three in a row and be at three and four. So that's just my little mention. Like I like I tried to mention with the Steelers and Buccaneers last week. Wes, take us yeah. off fair with the final one. Uh, my my final one is uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Steelers at Dolphins. Okay. Um, we Dustin and I went to uh, Miami last weekend for uh, Vikings at Miami and. Um, were treated very hospitably um, by some Miami fans there. And uh, this, this is the return of Tua um, after, you know, the last time we saw him, he had that scary concussion. And um, as everybody knows here, that's been listening, uh, the Dolphins are, are, you know, one of my darlings for the year. So I, I'm interested to see, um, you know, how ready and how right Tua is and if this Dolphins team can kind of get back on track um, against the Steelers team. So um, I I like Miami in this game, and hopefully it'll be Miami by a lot. Their defense does play a lot better at home. Uh, to kind of go back on a point, Jason had said how um, Denver's defense – held the chargers um until some point in the second quarter uh that dolphins defense held the vikings offense in check until sometime in the second quarter and mm-hmm. we were able to put together a, a nice little drive for a touchdown so um it, it happens it's a it's an ebb and flow uh you rarely see a team just completely shut shut another team out um but yeah, that that's what I got for for this week. I just want to comment on that real quick too, because if the Steelers can somehow <laughs> um, pull that off, pull this game off, and then there's a lot of other games this week that that on face value don't really appear to me to be too terribly exciting, but um, the records of these teams, if they if these games go certain specific ways. We could be heading into week eight with the most parity that this league has ever seen. Oh, yeah. Even by score differential, too. Like, yeah, both games galore. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. It's, and it's it's mainly because all the teams that you think are good are just decent. And uh, you keep seeing it on the Internet. And it's true. 
the the Bills and the Eagles are the only team that look like, my God, how are we going to beat them? Every other team, maybe a little side dish the Chiefs can get in there. Every other yeah. team is like, yeah, they ain't shit. We can beat them. And then you're 100% right. Usually there's about five teams like that where you're like, oh, God, I got to go play the the blah, the Texans with Deshaun Watson or something. And right. they're just not there anymore. Uh, the yeah. funny, the one funny thing um, before we get off air. So we sat in this really cool suite with Brian McKinney at the Dolphins game <clears throat> and you open up the big door. So you're like a part of the crowd, but you still have the, the air conditioning and food and shit like that. And my experience with sports and especially football is going to Vikings home games. I've been to. Nearly every game the Vikings have ever had that building sands to when my son was born in 2016. So I'm used to just cheering like, you know, my voice box out when things go right for the Vikings. So there are about four moments where you just erupt with joy. There was a touchdown to with Alvin Cook. There was a big pass, Jeff and Jefferson. There was a strip by Harrison Smith. And Wes and I get up and cheer like we're hometown fans. And the people right below us like look up at us like, who the <laughs> hell are you? You know, like because we're in a Dolphins suite. Uh, the yeah. guy who the guy who owns it is a Dolphins fan, and he he owns a cool uh, video game company. And so, yeah, we were just. Uh, my wife was just like, "Hey, these people think you're nuts," and I'm like, "Well, why?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm, this is a road game here. What am I doing?" <laughs> but who yeah, let it, that fucking guy into that suite? Yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah, <laughs> and, and like it was so, it's just such a, a knee jerk reaction for you know a fan of that team to get all excited, and then I'm like, "No, no," and, and usually. Like when we went to the the Niners game last year, the Vikings didn't give us a whole lot to cheer about, minus a, a kick return from Kane and Wangu. So, yeah, there when we actually win, uh, it was funny because people were wondering like, how did they get in? So, yeah. <laughs> and with the, the trade deadline coming up, do y'all think that CMC gets traded? And where would you like to see him go? Me personally, L.A. Rams. I mean, Chiefs other freed up some cap up. room, didn't they? Restructure yeah. Kelsey today. I yeah. saw that as kind of suspicious. They have a full court pressed for OBJ. That's what's going on there. Okay. Brandon yep. Cooks, I saw, was the name to watch for the Chiefs. Ooh, oh, that okay. would be nasty, too. Uh, he I, was held out of practice for a coach's uh, decision. What is with that guy, Wes? Brandon Cooks. He, he used to be like one of the most expensive, uh, highest paid receivers in the league back when the Rams had virtually every position available at the mm-hmm. highest paid player, right? <laughs> and but what has he done? What is he? Is he g- good? I mean, how Simon good is Houston he? Is what he did. Yeah, well, that's right. He did well. True. <laughs> yeah, but geez, I mean, what he's in the good. World? He's just he he was injured uh, on and off quite a bit uh, earlier on in his career, and I think that kind of put teams uh, like the teams that he was on off from him. Um, but. Since he's been in Houston, he's been relatively healthy, and he produces. So it's yep. crazy that he's only twenty nine. Yeah, he's always been one of the younger players. I mean, it just seems like he's been putting up forever. If you told me he put up eight one thousand yard seasons, I wouldn't be that surprised. He just is never at the forefront of things. I remember in New Orleans when they got rid of him, I was like, "Why? He's like twenty four and put up two one K seasons already." Right. Michael Re- Thomas was why. The reason that he's not a household name for, you know, like your uncle, like who might watch football is because he's never been a big touchdowns guy. Um, There's been dozens of really good wide receivers since I started watching football that are just great, but they never get over 10 touchdowns. 
but they always seem to get a thousand yards. Derek Mason's guy I always bring up from when I was a kid with the Ravens and Titans and uh, Julio Jones made a career of this, but still is going to be a hall of famer. If there's just certain guys that get yards and just don't find the end zone, it's really kind of weird. And cooks is one of those. And yeah, he's just been this journeyman, the saints, the Patriots, the Rams. Rams. Yep. And then it looks like the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh He looks like he might be packing his bags, but I was trying to snoop around with some of my sources about OBJ and the Vikings, even though I didn't think there was a prayer of it happening because they don't have any money. And he told me that I think there there's interest there, but the chiefs are making a full court press for him. So, well, but getting with cooks though, I mean, you would think that (laughs) I can't believe that that guy was one the highest paid receiver when he was on the Rams and I'm trying to figure out why that was. And because of that, he should be damn well known. Well, because think. he's, he's guaranteed, um, you know, if you give him a normal target load, he's guaranteed like 11, 1200 yards per season. So I think every season that starts a coach says, all right, this is good. We're the team that can get him to 12 touchdowns. And then it just never happens. Yeah. yeah. So he's damn good. I mean, there's no if, ands or buts I've drafted him for fantasy. Like in later rounds, almost every year that I played fantasy in the last six years, and he's usually pretty dependable, like, you know, solid 14 points every week type of guy, almost like Mike Evans, just a mini version of it for for output. But yeah, he's never been a household name because a he's not flashy. He's not a self promoter. And then he doesn't score very many touchdowns compared to Randy Moss, Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, so he's always been damn serviceable. Then. Yeah, he's very good. I'll mm-hmm. send you guys the stats in the group chat. So <clears throat> a lunch, a lunch pail guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A rich, a rich lunch pail guy. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, uh, this this was a phenomenal chat. Uh, we'll be back next week at the uh, so yeah, I wanted to point this out. By the time we talk next week, your fantasy football regular seasons will be halfway over. It is Oof. the midpoint through seven games. So if you need to fix anything on your teams, I, for the first time in my life, I've been playing fantasy football since 2001. I am 0 and 6 in one league, and I cannot believe Oof. it. Hey, speaking of, keep an eye on 49ers rookie running back Tyrion Davis Price and Rams rookie running back Tyron Williams. Both guys have not seen much action. I predict both of them to come onto the scene soon for those people looking to fix their teams. Available in most leagues. Would you guys get uh, Odell and the off chance he goes to the Chiefs? Would you stash him or is that that too early for that? I would for the Rams and the Vikings. As for trying to start someone who has a lot of mouths to feed, not not even the second primary target and doesn't know the playbook, not for Kansas City. No thanks. Okay. Yeah, I think his value is for playoffs for whatever team he winds up. Yeah, if, if he goes to the Rams, I'm starting him in the playoffs. I don't have no bombs about that. They're begging to throw the ball to anybody besides Cooper Cup and their fullback receivers, Kowernick. <laughs> I like that. All right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you in one week. All right, good All night, right. guys. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.